Today on the news and why it matters, MSNBC drops a bombshell report uh, tying Trump to Russian oligarchs. Oh, except there's a lot more to that story, and it's really not good for MSNBC. Uh, you got to stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. It starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, joined today by Stu Bergier of you. the Glenn Beck Radio Program. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for introducing me. You're welcome. I mean, you I know, I do what I I do what I can. <laughs> uh, conservative commentator Grant Stinchfield, double dose of you today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Be sincere, Jason. Be sincere. Social media guru of the Blaze, uh, Jason Howerton. Ah, that's very nice. I mean, I appreciate cool. the gesture, but louder would have been nice okay. as well. A little cultural appropriation. Do conservatives <laughs> normally do that? Do conservatives do that? I don't see They that. do now. <laughs> they do now. Uh, before we get into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Um, if you are looking for you know, a refi or a home loan, whatever the case may be, uh, you got to go to American Financing. They have salary-based professionals, not commission-based, so they're not like, Hmm, what's going to be the deal that's going to get me the most kickback from the financial institution? They're actually looking out for you. Uh, Stu did, well, almost did business with them, but they, they, <laughs> they walked you through everything. They yeah. said, I don't think that what you want to do is very responsible. <laughs> they did and say that. I don't know why you have to rehash this story every time. Uh, but no, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like we've gone through this long period of low interest rates. At some point, they're not going to be like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if when they start going up, you're going to wish that you had refinanced and locked in a 30-year rate. Uh, it's a great time to do it, and American Financing is the place to go to, do, to get that done. So you can go to AmericanFinancing.net, or you can call 800-906-2440. So, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, he dropped a really big bombshell uh, about Donald Trump and Deutsche Bank and his connections to Russia. Mm. Uh, here's what he had to say to Rachel Maddow. A single source okay. uh, who has told me that the Deutsche Bank obtained tax returns, which they do have, of Donald Trump's, show that the president pays very little income tax. Hmm. That's probably not hmm. going to be very surprising to people, probably not going to be especially politically damaging since he ran saying, I try to pay as little as possible. Then there's the other part, the loan documents. And that is part of what this subpoena is going after. And Hmm. this single source close to Deutsche Bank has told me (laughs) that the Trump, Donald Trump's loan documents there show that he has co-signers. That's how he was able to obtain those loans. And that the co-signers are Russian oligarchs. Got him. Got him. Really? He lost Rachel Maddow. That would explain, it seems to me, Every kind word Donald Trump has ever said about Russia and Vladimir Putin, if true. And I stress the if true. Like all good journalists do, by the way. (laughs) All good journalists do say... If true, mm-hmm. you need to right. understand what I'm saying. So, I mean, that's that's pretty damning, right? You have a source. <laughs> a the single one. S- yeah. A single one that has not been corroborated, so don't... I know you're going to try to downplay it. I know. There I is one to. source about that has not been corroborated. <laughs> uh-huh. And, stop. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. NBC is refusing to report on one of their own people's reports. Right. So you know it's like a big, <laughs> big deal. Yeah, right. well, it was a source clo- close to Deutsche Bank. 
um, like on the corner near a branch. <laughs> <laughs> his, uh, maybe he had his finger on an ATM while they talked on the phone, something like that. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> well, we had uh, the following morning... So, again, you know, these people had all night to simmer in this. I'm sure Twitter was ablaze. Mm -hmm. I was happy sleeping, but I'm sure there were a bunch of people. I know I woke up this morning. Uh, Deutsche Bank was trending. Uh, Everyone was talking about it. Oh, and then after the fact, MSNBC booking producer uh, for the show, Del Moro, let's see, whatever his first name is, uh, Mike Del Moro, he said, Deutsche Bank is declining to comment on Lawrence O'Donnell's reporting that Russian oligarchs co-signed Trump's loans. The information came from a single source who has not seen the (laughs) bank records. NBC has not seen those records and has not yet been able to verify the reporting. Well, he is on their network. He is the reporting. He is their reporting. He's not a reporter, though. He's a clown. No, yeah. And he clearly is never, I mean, well, he, would he tries to claim that he's, he's doing reporting, right. but he's an editorialist with yeah. dumb ideas. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, that's a fair analysis. Um, uh, he's, uh, look, I mean, Lawrence O'Donnell is a, is a goofball. And, uh, the, you know, the, the idea that he's saying, because at first he said he had a single source, then it was a single source, but he had not seen. Mm-hmm. Like, meaning Lawrence right. hadn't I seen. I haven't seen it, but my source but okay, tells me. right, the source has seen yeah. it. Okay, maybe you go. Now the source hasn't even seen the documents. What is? It? He's completely <laughs> just making this up. Um, and I, I, I go back to this over and over again, but, like, what do they think they're going to see in these tax records. I like none. There is. I think it's literally impossible that there's anything that has any impact in these tax records. So it goes back to what we talk about all the time is that if they put this out there, their uber supporters, those who hate Trump, those who love MSNBC will believe everything mm-hmm. Lawrence O'Donnell just said. They mm-hmm. won't ask any questions. Oh, I saw on the news, yeah. which it's not the news, but they'll say I saw on the news that Trump has billionaire co-signers who were Russian oligarchs. You know how many bombshell stories I can make up about Democrats? Just make them up. I mean, seriously. It would be fun. Well, I mean, if you made it up about Trump, CNN or MSNBC would put you on their network immediately. What, what was that crazy lady? Oh, they dox your relatives. They, I mean, who was the lady who, what <laughs> who, who accused Don- him of rape? Yes, and, and they, they put her right time. on. Oh, yeah. Have y'all seen Donald Trump's response, though, to this? He's, he's threatening legal action against yes. uh, NBC. So it's going to be really, and, and I think... Um, you know, instead of, you know, understanding how, how icky of a situation they're in, I've seen a lot on the left saying, well, good, then we'll have to go to court and we'll get discovery and then we'll finally get your tax returns. Mm. And so who knows, like, if there is nothing damning in there that he doesn't, I would love to see that, that bluff get called and just go do it. Because at some point, like, we have to hold networks accountable. Mm-hmm. Right now it's Trump, but whatever, like... You can't just report stuff like this willy-nilly just because you're so desperate to take the guy down. And that's where we are right now. Yeah. Like, there is no, like, like you said, I could call up CNN and be like, I've got a bombshell and probably be on the network that I night. saw Trump kill someone one time. Yeah. They put you directly Exclusive. On. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, imagine for a second, still, if one of us had done something like that, if Glenn Beck had gone on his radio program and just said some some information that was not sourced correctly that had no backup and presented it as if it was total fact well let's not pretend like we've like we've made mistakes before sure. we've seen how right. we've seen right. and we've right. seen the reaction right. it's not it's but not this is not a mistake correct this is intentional correct. this is in te- trying to be intentionally misleading 
to damage the president's reputation. Or he's doing like a weekly world news thing where like someone calls up and says, I've got a bat child and the next day it's on. Like he's not he's not checking it at all. Like I'm not I'm, I would not be stunned if he had someone who works in the financial industry who says he has a contact or whatever at Deutsche Bank and is feeding him information. Um it wouldn't be stunning, but I mean, again, like what? What are they? What's the end game here? Well, maybe he doesn't pay a lot of taxes. Again, he ran on the idea that he wasn't paying a lot of taxes. <laughs> like, uh, it, it, let's just say it was completely true that Lawrence O'Donnell actually had a source, and it was a co-sign with a Russian oligarch. Would anyone care? Right. I mean, everyone who's list watching MSNBC would still think he's the worst president in history, and I think his 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 supporters would say, look. I mean, I don't know why he did. He, you know, we we saw this with the um, with uh, Trump Tower Moscow situation, right? Like he said, uh, you know, I didn't have any business in Russia, and then later on, you kind of find out. Well, he did talk to them, and there wasn't any full business done, but he did have a letter of intent. And the way he said it probably wasn't the most accurate way. But we're, we're all looking at this. We're, we're going to vote for Elizabeth Warren, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, I don't think anybody is going to be moved by this at all. And every two or three months, they get so excited about finding these tax returns, so- like it's the freaking Ark of the Covenant. It's not going to do anything. <laughs> Well, that's just because the collusion thing didn't pan out quite well, yeah, I think. Yeah. So they had to go back to the tax returns. I guess so. Yeah. The number of dumb things he said in that statement, though, get overshadowed, obviously, by the Russian <laughs> oligarch deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But first he says, you know, tax avoidance is patriotic. Tax evasion is illegal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is a big difference between the two. It is your duty as a citizen to avoid paying taxes legally. Tax evasion is illegal. And... The fact that Donald Trump tries to avoid taxes, we all do it. Yes. Who wants to go pay the most amount of taxes if there are laws that allow you to pay less? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Yeah, I think it's similar to the legal system in a way, and that like you know, even a, a person who's done things that are wrong gets the most vigorous defense by their attorney, right? And it's like you know, if you you try to do your best job you possibly can within the law, of course, to pay as little as possible, you might take a specific investment on. Uh, over another one because you want to pay less in taxes. You People want to do avoid all the time. Yeah. paying taxes. Exactly. Like real estate. And this, is a, buy and this is a winning message for Donald because all he has to say to his supporters is just that. I want to keep more of my money. Can anybody yeah. relate to that? Of right. course we can. And his supporters actually won't hate him for it. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the left, it, Bernie Sanders does the same crap, except yeah. Bernie Sanders lies about I, it. I, I mean, you've seen him asked about it. He's like, well, you know, do you take. The advantages that were given to you in the Trump tax plan. I mean, Bernie Sanders benefited out of that plan. Does he take them? Sure he does. They all do. Of course they do, because it's the only sane thing to do, to not give up your money for nothing. Um, But they have to act as if it's the worst thing in the world. None of this is going to move the needle, though, right? This is just another pathetic example of MSNBC and the left doing whatever they can, whenever they can, to rile up their audience as if they can go further, as if they can be more anti-Trump than they already are, as if they can go all the way past 10 to 11. Like, it's, it, there's nowhere else to go. Do you know what was really funny about that clip, though? Is, like, I think even Maddow... All of it? Maddow's reaction, it looked like she really had to put that on. Oh, yeah. Like, I felt like even she was like, what? Right. Like, really? <laughs> no, I liked that she kept going... Hmm. As if the, what he was saying was just so uh, insightful yes. that it just warranted her going, hmm. Yeah. It almost feels like, she, in another world, I would say it looks like she's saying, like, <laughs> I am on TV, and this guy's blatantly saying something that has no backing. <laughs> How do I react? Hmm. Like, it, it does feel How like would way. a person react? But, hmm. but <laughs> right, exactly. I could say, hmm, and it's not, <laughs> it's not like calling him out on the air, but or, it's also or not agreeing with him. With him. Yeah. <laughs> right? But then again, Rachel Maddow has been the worst, probably True. of all of them, when it comes to conspiracy theories, particularly about Russia True. and Trump. I mean, she's been touting every single little turn as if it's the biggest thing in the world. And at some point, your audience, I, I would think they'd just get bored of it. 
I mean, we're certainly well, seeing that at CNN. Look, look at the ratings. The yeah, doors, they're, yeah, they're bored. Yeah. So I call it bl- blind liberal zombieism. And you literally follow these people. Anyone who's watched The Walking Dead know these zombies move in packs and they follow blindly. <laughs> yeah. That's who's watching Rachel Maddow. Blind liberal zombies. Um, it does give a little bit of credence, I think, to Donald Trump saying that the, the fake, fake news is the, the enemy of the American people. I mean, you hear stuff like this and you're like, I get why he said that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, as you kind of pointed out, it's, it's like this is commentary, I guess. And, the, and that is a line that is important. I mean, I, you know, at times, you know, Glenn has said stuff that's very much his opinion and, and it can't be treated exactly the same as reporting. But Lawrence O'Donnell said he was doing reporting, there, right? right? Um, you know, his producer said the reporting done by O'Donnell has not been verified by NBC News. They're acting as if he's a reporter, at least when it's convenient, to give it a little bit more credibility, even though they can't fully embrace it, because they obviously have nothing here. Obviously have nothing. Uh, When we come back, uh, Bernie's love affair of China, but he may be a little bit mistaken on the reasons why he loves them so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Hard to believe Bernie would make a mistake, though. Is it? Before we get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. We're just sitting here debating whether or not uh, Beto's burger bun, English muffin bun. Yeah, I want to hear this decision. now because I need Relief Factor after listening to this. <laughs> it's the <laughs> one thing I like about Beto, and you guys keep ruining it. The English muffin is a very solid oh. burger bun. In fact, they actually make them. Thomas's makes them in like large form so you can put them on giant sandwiches and burgers. They're, they're, it's part of their company. They've, it's obviously working. Not you, that I care, but will the Twitter backlash unleash on me because I'm, I'm with you? Thank on you. The, uh, thank the you. English oh, you've gone public with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I mean, going to unleash it on both of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Sorry, Relief Factor. Yeah. We'll get back to uh, back to that. So I was in a car wreck in uh, 2013 and got a bunch of protruding herniated discs in my spine. And it turns out that that's really painful. And not just a little bit and every once in a while, but all the time. Um, So if you are uh, one of many Americans who are constantly in pain, do what I did, what Glenn has done, what so many of us here at Blaze Media have done. Uh, If you are in pain and you think that there's no way out, nothing has worked, try Relief Factor. It's 100% drug-free. So it targets the inflammation in your body. It's for all natural ingredients. I know some of you are probably on Big Pharma's bandwagon like Stu. Yes. Huh? But I am not, so I appreciate the uh, the natural part of it. Uh, Whatever 70- works is my, what I like. <laughs> there you go. 70% of the people who try it go on to keep ordering more. It's working for that many people. It can work for you. You can go to relieffactor.com. Get their three-week quick start pack right now for $19.95. I'd say that that's a, that's a pretty solid wager. $19.95, 70% chance that it could get you out of pain, but you won't know until you go to relieffactor.com. So Bernie, good old Bernie, good old Bernie, uh, he just recently gave an interview and he was discussing China and all of the great things that they have done uh, to address extreme poverty. Um, There's just one problem about that. Let's watch. But what we have to say about China, in fairness to China and its leadership, is if I'm not mistaken, they have made more progress in addressing extreme poverty than any country in the history of civilization. 
Stu, would you like to take this one? It is absolutely, I mean, it's mesmerizing the lengths they will go mm-hmm. to act as if uh, what their philosophy is working, right? That the, of course, the truth about co- uh, communism in China, when they were running a philosophy that was leaning towards Bernie, they were killing 60 million of their own citizens. You're so negative. I know. I, <laughs> no, I guess, like, if you kill 60 million of your own citizens, you can feed the other ones a little exactly. bit more efficiently. There you go. Um, and that was uh, the Cultural Revolution. I mean, this is like... You have a that's and that's the deep communism part. Then they start to awaken a little bit, right? They start to say, you know what we could really use is some of these market benefits from these other countries. And they started implementing the stuff that Bernie fights against. Uh, and one that when that happened, when capitalism, the thing that you know we've developed and we've shepherded through, uh, spread to other areas with, with deep poverty, we've lifted about 1.3 to 2 billion people out of poverty. Many of them in China, not because of China's wonderful ideas or the implementation of socialism, because they avoid they ran away from socialism. India is another great example of this. In fact, that used to be a really hardcore socialist country and has moved so far away from that, and again ripped. Hundreds of millions of people out of poverty because of capitalism, because of free trade, because of these really important concepts that Bernie Sanders has spent his entire life fighting against. A, a big distinction. So India is a fabulous example of what capitalism can do to a country. But India runs their country a lot differently than China does. Mm-hmm. China yeah, oh, is yeah. still a very dangerous place to live. If sure. you disagree with the regime, uh, you're in danger. You're in danger of being thrown into prison and possibly even killed. Mm-hmm. They've, they've got... Tons of Muslims in re, what re-education camps? Yeah, whatever. What, yeah, oh, about what a they million, they believe Uyghurs in, yeah. in camps. That yeah. I'm sure that they're treating them very well. The social credit score that we've talked about many times on this program. So when you look at that, if they can just take a little piece of capitalism, which is what they did, they basically gave a bunch of rich guys a piece of the pie mm-hmm. in China, but it brought up everybody with them into a workforce and able to benefit from that little tiny sliver, which really it's just a tiny sliver of a start in yeah. China. And it lifted all those people out of poverty. Imagine what China could be if they went to a true exactly. capitalist and, society. And, and we don't have to imagine that hard because Hong Kong is exactly it. Right. right? Mm-hmm. They basically have let this one little sliver have some capitalism and look at it. It's one of the I mean, it's one of the most amazing places on Earth. Um, it is an incredibly, it, it drives the entire engine of the economy of China. Um, and without it, where would they be? That's why they're so freaked out about these protests. Where would they be without Hong Kong right now? I mean, it is a, it's a situation where it's the literally the exact reverse of the thing he's saying it is. Right. And, and as you point out, just like with Maddow and with Lawrence O'Donnell, his people will sit there and eat it up as if it's true. It's literally the exact opposite of the truth. But that is not important to someone like Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Jason, it seems like an odd time to uh, be enamored with China. <laughs> well, it's it's well, one he remember he honeymooned in in the USSR. <laughs> yes. So that that's his idea. It's very romantic. It's very extremely yeah, or it was. romantic. <laughs> and, and you should have seen the the train stations that they had. It was fantastic. Um, but it, it's I wonder is is it. Are the protests happening in Hong Kong because they've gotten a taste of what capitalism and what freedom is and and they're fighting about like do we have a I feel like both sides now are using this as like a like one side's like you know China's great the Bernie side and then the other side is saying you know they're, they're fighting for freedom do we really have a grasp of what's actually happening in Hong Kong right now well I think the protests are uh largely disconnected to this particular thing. I mean, I think the reason why I find the protests interesting is that it's something that China can't, they can't normally, I think in the past, would have just cracked down on an area like this. What do they want to deal with freaking protesters? We're China. We just roll over people with tanks. 
they don't want to do that in Hong Kong because Hong Kong really does help a vibrant economy that funds the entire uh, mainland. Um, I think there's a there's a there's an element here of I mean you look at you know places like the Heritage Foundation will find Hong Kong is one of the most economically free regions on earth. Uh, it shows you which where would you rather live? Where would you choose to go if you could go move to China or you could go move to Hong Kong? Everyone would go to Hong Kong, which you know essentially being part of China but with unleashed capitalism is a magic. It's freaking Disney. I think to answer your question is it's because they're getting less of a taste. So for a long time they were under basically British yeah. rule mm-hmm. that they knew what it was like to be free and that's slowly starting to it's erode right, yeah. as the Chinese take more and more control of Hong Kong. Very true. It, it is interesting too uh, what a disconnect we have in America because you know they'll, people will sit here all day and say well everyone across the world looks down on us for you know our capitalism and we're behind all of these other nations and you've got Hong Kong over there waving you know, American flags waving Make America Great Again uh, banners mm. because they're like, no, we want to be like you guys. We want to stay free. We want all of these things. I think it's really telling, you know, um, I guess they don't look down on us. Well, I think it's sa- I think what's really sad, though, is like somebody like me who is as connected as I am mm-hmm. to the news and what's going on. And I don't have a full grasp because the only insight I'm getting is, like I said, two different sides of a coin, but not actually looking critically that, you know, I'm not seeing reporting looking critically, saying what's going on, why are these protests happening, and, and is it because of the things that we're talking about, and, and delving into these issues about capitalism in Hong Kong and all this stuff, it's all very either supporting the state or, or, or against yeah. it. You know, it's yeah. very strange. And it is very much underlying, I think, in this. I mean, a lot of it has to do with extradition. There was a murderer who went back to Hong Kong, was not able to be extradited. Because, you know, it's, that's a long sort of story. But, I mean, a lot of times this is the same thing. It's like, you know, the Arab Spring had a guy lighting himself on fire in Tunisia. It wasn't about Tunisian politics, right? right? Like, it, it is a bigger, right. it is a, a grander scale. Um, these things, I think, get fired up for um, uh, for various reasons. I just feel like, you know, you look at you look at the Bernie situation and, you know, like here's a, you know, it's like him with the punching bag. Right. Like, it, you know, he thinks he's making a point. He hits the bag and the bag just comes back and knocks him in the face. <laughs> it's basically what happened here. Can, as can, we, this interview. can we play this that? Is, it's the so best funny. thing ever. Is Bernie is working. Oh, Bernie. <laughs> and then he misses. I like the next punch, too, which he just misses <laughs> the entire. <laughs> uh, oh, that is his campaign. I will say this show. for Bernie. Uh, he did not realize he was strong enough. Like he's yeah. that he is that. Strong. He just belted that bag so hard that it came back. It's just a sign of how spry he is. So you're saying that capitalism just smacked him in the face. <laughs> it does. That's basically what, what happened. I like how he like acts. That was like the cartoon, back. like yeah. a cartoon you reaction. Know, can, can I, there's there's an old story from 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes was interviewing Ronald Reagan. They did a very negative piece about Ronald Reagan, but they showed Ronald Reagan in the gym, and you know, he's being accused of being too old, and he was pushing weights around, and he's doing this, and so 60 Minutes producer calls up Ronald Reagan's campaign manager and says, you know, you you hate that story. He says, no, thank you. We love that story, because you made our guy who's supposed to be old. All we care about is the image of Ronald Reagan pushing weights around. If all you care about is the image, you got Bernie Sanders getting hit in the face with his own punching bag. And well, it's and the Joe worst. Biden. It's like I think Bernie was like out to prove I'm I'm not the old guy who's weak. 
I'm over here. I know what I'm doing. I'm in shape, and then it smacks him in the well, face. Well, see, the thing with Bernie, though, is like you like there's sometimes you want to pr- make yourself look as young as possible. Mm-hmm. But he, he keeps doing things that just showcase how old he yes. is. He's playing basketball. He's playing uh, baseball. He's hitting himself in the face. It's like for him, like sitting is good. Yeah. Like <laughs> just sit in front of a thing, and, yeah. and you're good. You can sit and be angry. That's yeah. fine. You can right. keep the anger. Yeah, as much as you want. Sure you do it Lunched while over, wrinkly shirt, <laughs> messy hair. Sure. That's what he's good at. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Back in a minute. It's only good for Elizabeth Warren. She seems to be able to like walk around without falling over. It's and that's true. like all you need. Now 26. Before we uh, go into overtime, uh, just want to remind those of you who have not yet done so, I have a YouTube page. These, just these little ditties I like to make, these mm-hmm. little videos that I like to make. Uh, you know, I, I guess I've only censored a couple. Right. So it is filtered. It is filtered. It says Sarah Gonzalez unfiltered. Unbelievable. It's filtered. The whole thing's been filtered this whole time. (laughs) You don't want to offend anyone these days, all right? Oh, okay. Yeah, you're you're definitely... Yeah, you, so, you're really worried about that. Yeah. I've seen your videos. You're really worried about offending people. <laughs> Unfiltered, I mean, you're throwing F-bombs around. Oh, like oh yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's me. That's me. Uh, you know, just the mamas of a seven-year-old just throwing F-bombs around all the time. Uh, but you can go to YouTube, search for Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered, and make sure you hit that subscribe button. I uh, just dropped a new video yesterday. Make sure to check it out. Overtime starts next at TV.com. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the gift that keeps on giving. She did an Instagram Live Q&A last night, uh, and it was full of gems. Jason, I know that you... (laughs) You tweeted one out that was like, she said that we were basically all going to die from climate change. We're dead. And we, then we're already dead. Very casually was like, but anyway, enough and, about that. Anywho. Yeah. Uh, so here is what she had to say. I think someone asked her, you know, how can we save the climate? I'm just trying to have a nice life. Uh, here was her answer. How can we save the climate? I'm trying to have a nice life. I understand this completely, obviously. Um, Obviously. You understanding things is so obvious. I, even while I was on vacation, I woke up in the middle of the night at 3.30 in the morning um, just concerned about climate change. We are kind of blowing past a lot of the markers that scientists thought would happen years from now, and they're actually happening happening now. Mm-hmm. Our glaciers are melting, our sea levels are rising, and um, I'm scared sometimes, too, about the world that I'm going to be living in, that we're all going to be living in. Me, too. Um, right now, I'm, I'm scared. I sometimes fear what we're going to be living with when I'm 40, 50, 60 years old. (laughs) Stu, (laughs) your thoughts? I mean, it's so funny because, uh, you know, we've dealt with, as conservatives, I mean, Glenn used to be on the air all the time and they would say, you know, he's like, I remember Stephen Colbert did this big thing about the doom room, that Glenn locks himself in the doom room every night and he freaks out about what Barack Obama's going to do to him. That was not what Glenn did. Though, like, 
Isn't this a million times worse? I mean, they're sitting here admitting they're waking up at 3.30 in the morning worrying about a 0.9 degree Celsius temperature rise over a century. Like, I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. I mean, like, if you're that apocalyptic, if you're that, if you're that worried, you're literally t- talking about everyone on Earth dying. Uh, and we're the scaremongers? We're the fearmongers? I, I just don't even understand where they're going anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it, at this point, it's, it's really laughable. But if you, if, if you put yourself in that position, I mean, it's like, they're, they think they're in a horror movie every day. Like, I wake up, I feel like the world's a nice That's place. That's why they're so miserable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you th- woke up and, in the middle of the night and you thought everything was going to disappear. Every coastal city was going to be underwater. The question is, yeah. do they actually believe yes, it? Yes, that's... Do I they believe it? I know she doesn't actually wake up in the middle of the because night remember, thinking about climate change. She that's is asking true. for $93 trillion. Mm-hmm. That's it? You have to... Yeah, that's it. You have, you have to really have people c- concerned to write that type of a check. So that's her pitch. We have to bite the bullet. That's what she said. Mm-hmm to bite the bullet and just do my plan because if we don't, you're dead, your kids are dead, and it's all apocalypse from here. It's also trust her. It, trust right. her. It also seems probably like a really bad investment uh, for Barack Obama to have just spent fifteen million dollars uh, on a house that's on the coast. This is what they if do. they really believe in what's what he's is buying <laughs> it so nobody else gets stuck under the water. <laughs> yeah, he's so saving he some humanitarian yes. thing. Mm. He can write saving it off. Other on multimillionaires his taxes. on Martha's Vineyard. Yes, um, I'm sure. <laughs> They are the party of hypocrisy. Yes. No doubt about that. And she is the person of embarrassment, and she does it to herself on a daily basis. Yeah. In many respects, I say I feel sorry for her, but I really don't anymore because she she brings this on herself. I think she asks for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She knows what she's doing here. She cannot critically think, though. So she may actually believe this. I wouldn't doubt that she believes it because she cannot critically think. So many liberals can't. Everything's based off of emotion. It's based okay. off of fear. It's based off what other people tell them. But it's never based off of making a decision for is themselves. Is it her fault? This is, this is my broader question. As, as I re- try to raise a son in this insanity, <laughs> is it her fault? Or is it the fault that she has literally been convinced that the world is ending? It's her fault. We're teaching our kids that the world is ending. Yeah. Yeah. One, that... We, to me, that is immoral. You didn't buy it. You don't buy it. <laughs> True, right? So, so, so she I, could do her own research. Right. But yeah. her, then was it a failure on her parents for making yeah. her too dim-witted to understand something oh, so obviously I false? I mean, maybe their genes made her that stupid. Maybe so. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I think just think the broader problem is they're raising kids to believe this. They're teaching oh. it in schools and colleges yeah. and everything else, they're literally to... to to be apocalyptic, and so it's like at some point we have to address the the industries and the the systems that are teaching this nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, think about it. we used to teach kids with children's books to not always think the sky was falling, to right. not always cry wolf. I mean, think those were the lessons we used to teach our kids. Now it is. I mean, it's so ingrained in them. It's not even something that they question. Um, you know, I remember I we, we, I grew up in, in an era where they where recycling was like this. Recycling was this unquestioned truth. Everybody, you should do it. it was, it's this thing. Every, you're doing a good thing for the earth, blah, blah, blah. And you go back now. I mean, there's an NPR report that came out last week that basically or last month that basically said, you know what? All that stuff that we were saying about the recycling. Eh, oops. <laughs> ah, sorry about that. Um, so 
these things kind of get ingrained in you. And I remember watching, it was uh, Penn, the Penn and Teller show on Showtime um, that I can't say the name of. Well, it's overtime. I probably could. Um, but you, you watch the episode of that. I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, gosh, this is, I never, this is one of those things I never even questioned. Now, remember, I'm in this industry for a decade without thinking about whether the recycling thing was scientifically, environmentally helpful at all. And it turns out that really the way we've done it, it's cost way too much money, hasn't really helped the environment, all the things that you kind of could easily predict, I guess, when government gets involved in something like this. But I think there's like a few different types of people with this particular issue. You have people who are like the scientists who think, you know what, there are things we're worried about, right? And if you read their science, what you usually find is there are some things they worry about, but it's nowhere near these apocalyptic scenarios that the left is always trotting out there. It's then, scientific well, fact. Yeah, scientific fact, right, of course. And like, they'll always give you like, you know, there's a range between a one degree temperature rise and 11, and all you'll see on MSMSE is 11, 11 degrees, yeah. right? And like, it's a total outlier and no real chance of actually happening. On the other, then you have, I think, a bunch of politicians, people like Al Gore, who see this as a convenient path to the policies they've always wanted ever anyway to all to it's you know this you go back to the the 30s this this idea of constant state of war we can get all these things done when wars are going on and you know when world war ii is going on everyone comes together and we can grab as much power as we want because everyone's freaked out we need that we need a constant state of war without the war and that really is what serves that i think with the environment surely there's no monetary component to oh, this, right no 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 of course not None. Uh, i think ocasio cortez is just at a third level though she i don't think she has she's not smart enough to have thought through things like like gore has or other you know big democrats have she's just like a a a victim of 957,000 tweets about this topic that makes it true to her Mm -hmm. and so i i do think she probably does freak out about climate change um You know, she doesn't freak out enough to avoid a nice apartment. She doesn't freak out enough to to avoid very expensive clothes. She doesn't freak out enough to to not fly all over the place for appearances. Of course not, right? Like you know that it's never it never makes any sense. Leonardo DiCaprio is in a private jet every day and then telling us how important you know uh, global warming is. But she's really I don't I don't even think she is the type that is using it to try to pass socialist agendas. She's tying those together. Certainly, people who started Justice Democrats I think are down that road. She is just a she's a dunce. Mm-hmm. She's a dunce in the middle of this, and she's doing what she feels is right at any given moment. I think my favorite part about her about her videos is that you can literally see like the hamster spinning right. the oh, wheel yeah. in oh, her yeah. head as she's talking like obviously she knows uh, what right. there's is always going the, the, on. Um, like there's nothing <laughs> yeah. left like her thought is done and she has to get a new one. Um, yeah, you can see the wheels turning yeah. as she's speaking. Yeah. Uh, this is, is why you this is why you don't elect what is 29? 29, yeah. You don't elect 29 year olds. a million smart 29 year olds I'd be yes. totally comfortable with. Yes. She's just an idiot. This I mean, is let's why be honest about it. Dummy. Yeah. Regardless of Look, how old I'm they 31. Are. I wouldn't elect myself when I was 29. But you know what I'm saying? You know, 31 years old. You're much I'm better. Good. Yeah, yeah, I got okay, it figured okay. out. Okay, but what about Ben Shapiro at 29? Right. I mean, uh, right. exactly. You got right. me. Right. You got me. <laughs> Each, everyone's an individual, okay? But yes. on average, I would say I most 29 year olds I would not vote for. Maybe that makes me ageist. It yes, does it does. It of your own age. Self-loathing. Maybe it's just a reflection like of myself. <laughs> how I think of myself. I'm not rethinking my, my joke. <laughs> I'm going to back off just and to move me. on to the next <laughs> uh, Let's go ahead and do the poll. Do you think Trump is doing enough 
to fight back against China robbing the United States was yesterday's poll. 80% of you said yes. 20% of you said no. Um, It's interesting because, you know, the way that the question is worded, do you think Trump is doing enough to Mm -hmm. fight back against China? Robbing Um, from us. Yeah, Yeah. robbing from us. I wonder if it was worded incorrect or, well, if it was worded differently and Trump was left out of it and it was more about the tariffs, what the results would be. Who's the guy who writes the polls here? Is it Jason? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Jason. No, hey, hey, hey. Jason. Hey, I have a bone to pick with you. On no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So I don't know. But that's the results from yesterday. Today's poll question. Uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke says abortion should be legal up to the second before birth. Is there any time that abortion should be legal? And, of course, the options you have are first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, or a never. Still, I think I know what your answer is. I would definitely go with never. Um, Definitely. um, I'm a proud extremist on this particular topic, though I would say um, the American people, generally speaking, past the first trimester are there as well. I think it's about 60, I think it's 67 percent second trimester say no. Uh, 84% third trimester say no. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the overwhelming majority of people realize this is not uh, a, the sort of topic uh, that should be, even the people who approve that it should be done legally, generally speaking, disapprove of it as a, as a practice. Uh, but I mean, there is that level of, uh, in that first trimester where you're like, well, it doesn't really look like anything yet. So I guess we can, we can go ahead with it. That's kind of where I think a lot of people are because it kind of it almost clears you from having to make the decision from taking the moral stand, right? Like, you're just like, well, you know, everyone gets to make their own choice, and I, you know, it kind of absolves Except you. the baby in the womb. Right. Didn't get to make a choice right. for yeah. themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Milton Friedman had great on He wasn't talking about abortion, but he talked about regulations. And, and you need regulations when there are two or more people in the deal and only one of them gets a say or one of them mm-hmm. doesn't get a say in the deal. If you get somebody who doesn't get a say in the deal, then you need regulation. Yeah. That little baby does not get a say in the deal. And, and if you believe that baby's a human, as I do, then you've got to protect that life because they're not getting to decide for themselves. It is interesting. Um, you know, Stu, you bring up these the numbers that show how many people actually support third trimester abortion, abortion up until the moment of birth. It's such a large number of people who are against it, yet every single serious presidential contender in the Democrat Party takes the same stance that Beto does. Fascinating. I mean, you have 26 candidates. You can't find enough diversity to find one who says, you know what, only two trimesters. Right. Like, really, right. like, uh, so is that true? Is of, of all the 26, 52, 106? Well, I said serious, <laughs> serious. Serious yeah. candidates. Are they all on board I, with I, this right up until the day? Because that is, is mind-boggling. It's got to be a... I have, I have not heard one say that they are not. It, I, I've only is heard Is it a them DNC they thing are. where they're like saying we're not going to come out in support of any... They all know they're going to... It's like, you know, for example, I think there are probably candidates out of the 26 other than John Delaney and John Hickenlooper who think socialism is not the answer, right? They might think it's a huge growing the government, but they're afraid. They, they saw what yeah, happened to right. Delaney and Hickenlooper. They're at 0% and they get booed when they speak. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing happens here. The only person I've seen try to at least massage this a little bit was Buttigieg, where he said, um, he said viability. Now, viability, of course, is like the hardcore right-wing uh, proposal right now, which is like 20 weeks. So gosh, you know, uh, t- you know, 20, 20 or 24 weeks. Right. Um, and um, also the, the hardcore right wing, which is right wing in our society right now, decision of Roe versus Wade, which is way to the right of where we are right now. I mean, Ro- the Roe versus Wade decision said first trimester. 
and said second trimester, some restrictions, third trimester, never. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you, the, these mm-hmm. states can come out and completely ban it in the third trimester. That's Roe versus Wade. This is a totally different world we're in right now. Just having the position of like, okay, this baby could survive out of the womb right now if we just took it out. That's a crazy right-wing proposal to this this field. I've seen Buttigieg at least, but they're all whimpering around it. No one's willing yeah. to take a stand yeah. for the life of a baby. It's, it's, it's incredible. That's their history. They really don't like to take stands. And you watch them when they go talk to their crowd. They only talk to whatever crowd they're talking to. So, yeah. you know, it, it could be a crowd of doctors are going to say one thing about health care, and then they go talk to a bunch of college students and say another. Yeah. Well, and, then, and they never actually address it. Like, yeah. Beto, when he talks about it, he, he only says I, the women should choose, right? Like, right. that's not take, like, okay. Well, well but he did is, take a stand in that particular instance with the but boy. He but he doesn't he say, said, is it? It, he, he doesn't say if it's wrong to kill the baby bef- right. the day before it's born. He won't come he out won't and say no. yes he or no. He it's just that you he ma- said you it's make the, the woman's call. right to choose. You make the call. Right. And yeah. it's like, you know, so, look, it's up to the individual slave owner whether they own you know, <laughs> slaves. Like, that is not an acceptable viewpoint. Right. It's yeah. not. You have to right. take a stand. Take is it stand. right or is it wrong? It's one of the biggest moral questions of our time. You have to be able to say what you think about it. And the fact that they're just like constantly like, well, I'm going to outsource that thing to the to that person over there. The Let woman, them yeah. take all the responsibility. I won't make any judgment. We could all do this. You know, it's up to John Wayne Gacy, whether he decides to kill all those people, that's not acceptable. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it does worry me just because, you know, they seem to be the the pro-abortion, the shout your abortion crowd seems to be winning on this issue because they're loud enough, right? They're the loud ones. They're the ones that are generating the noise. And yeah. they're the ones that have all of the Democrat presidential candidates, in spite of the numbers that you gave. Yeah, they're well, still supporting that. One fact, yeah, because I've, I've quoted those numbers a bunch of times on yeah. the show. I did a thing on Wonderful World of Stew where we went through all of these, and one I always leave out this one number, which is in the same monologue, and I can't remember the exact numbers. Have to go back and watch it. By the way, every season available on Blaze TV right Ooh. now on demand. Um, but if you go back and watch it, I think it was season one, and um, people are generally speaking. Uh, pro-life, especially if you look at it in the way it's defined right now. What is the debate happening? We're having a debate at 20 weeks, at 24 weeks, at 18 weeks. Like, everybody is to the right of that. Almost everyone in the nation, over two-thirds of the country. But the vast majority of people believe everyone's pro-choice. Like, even the people who come out and say, I don't want abortions, I don't want them, they believe the opposite is true. I think, you know, when you say pro-life versus pro-choice, it's about a 50-50 issue depending on, you know, time. Right, right now, it's, it's a little bit more leaning towards pro-choice because there's been movement on the pro-life side with the more restrictive mm-hmm. laws. But again, like, these things move back and forth around 50-50. But it's something like 70% of people believe the nation as a whole is pro-choice because they're constantly fed that if you believe in, 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 in life, you are evil. You hate women. You are out of the mainstream. You're being every celebrity you see talk about it. They all take that stance. I mean, even people who came from the country world, like our, our friend Tay Tay, you know, like they're all constantly on that side. You get beat up with it all the time. And, and a lot of times I think it results in conservatives just being like, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. It's just too important an issue to not talk about. See how Phil takes this show full circle? We started with the barrage of information that's Mm -hmm. false, Mm -hmm. that you're hit over the head with. They make you believe it's true, or they want you to believe it's true without doing your research. The same truth here. We end the show talking about the same thing. What does the media do? All they do is talk about people who are pro-choice. And God forbid, if you're pro-life, you're some kind of Bible-thumping you know, racist lunatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Great amazing. Point. Uh, let us know what you think by going to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Thanks for being here, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. I did see a tweet from a columnist from Bustle or something, and she said, 
um, that. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.